0: inspired person welcome to another episode of the misadventures of an inspired woman on this episode it's all about our health specifically women's health now fellas please don't leave please stay because there is a lesson or lessons in this discussion for you specifically i talked with my guest karen coleman about her decision to treat her fibroids holistically And I also share my journey with fibroids and the very different or somewhat similar path that I took with that. It's not something that is often spoken about in public, but I think it's a really important discussion for us to have as women and as people who love women, right? Also, the main parts of this discussion is all about advocating for yourself in terms of your medical care as well as taking responsibility for the things we can do in terms of our diet when treating medical conditions. As we say, neither one of us are medical professionals, but we're simply sharing what our experiences have been. And also as a bonus at the end, I talk a little bit about my skincare. So take a listen. Our guest today is Karen Coleman. Karen is a wellness advocate who uses her platform to inspire and educate on women's health. Through her blog and YouTube channel, she shares her journey of healing fibroids naturally along with holistic, non-toxic lifestyle tips. As a speaker and presenter, she has been featured on various stages and platforms, including the Dr. Oz Show, Organic Spa, BlackDoctor.com, and ShiftCon Echo Wellness Conference. Karen holds a Bachelor's in Communication and Media and a Certification in Holistic Healing. When she's not online, she's flying the friendly skies as a fearless flight attendant. Welcome, Karen. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. You know, every day is different, but, you know, today is a good day.
0: That's good. (laughs) That's good. So I read your bio, and I know all these really cool things about you. Um, but the first question that I always start with is Who is Karen?
1: Wow. Um, that's like a loaded question. <laughs> I'm a caring person. I'm simple. And I like to inspire other people. That's it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like this is so much negativity and so much stuff going on in the world. I'm trying not to be somebody that's adding to that, but rather, pouring into people. So
0: that's me. In a nutshell, I'm just simple. Your online presence has been like holistic health and wellness, but I feel like you're also someone who evolved, right? Like I feel like when I first met you, you were, you were blogging a lot and that was kind of like the space and you know more about this than I do, (laughs) but the blogs was kind of like the space, but then like it sort of shifted towards like the Instagrams and the YouTube and that kind of thing. And I feel like you're someone who's been able to sort of navigate those changes and shifts.
1: Yeah, it's weird because I've had my blog for a very long time, and I've changed, like you said, I've evolved over time. Like I used to be under the Holistic Honey, and then maybe, maybe four or five years ago, um, I changed the name to just you know myself. Um, and it, it was, it was, it's funny because I was doing YouTube, um, at that same time, but it wasn't as strong of a presence. Um, but it was still, it was there because that's actually how the Dr. Oz show found me. They found a YouTube video that I'd done and they loved it. And they asked me to be on the show. And a lot of people ask like, oh, well, how did you do this? How did you do that? I'm like, I have no idea. They found me and. That was it. Mm -hmm. Um, But originally, it was just about, like, you know, holistic health. But then as I've evolved, you know, I started doing, like, Instagram. Because when I first started my blog, Instagram really wasn't a thing. Originally, it was just something that was only on iPhone. It wasn't even on any other device. It was just exclusively iPhone. It was just pictures, like, no captions, nothing. Like, so I really didn't have, like, an Instagram presence at that time. I was just doing YouTube and blogging. Um, But I feel like... My online presence is just like me. Like as you, like we're talking about past experiences. As you grow, as you evolve, that your online presence is gonna change too. Like it has to because as an online presence, it's it's about you. So as you, as an individual, it changes, so does your online presence. It has to. There's no way for it not to to evolve as you evolve. You know what
0: I mean? Mm-hmm. So with that, like have you always been about health and wellness in your life or was there something that sort of, um, started that for you? Well, no,
1: <laughs> I was not. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I'm from, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York with my, my mother's an actress. So we moved to New York, um, when I was you know young for her career in St. Louis, we grew up eating like shitlins, bacon, you know, fried, like all of that Southern stuff, you know, mm-hmm. red beans and rice, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I was not like all this stuff you guys see me talking about now, eating plant-based all that stuff, none of it, never, never heard of it. Like that just wasn't a thing. So, um, for me, what evolved and that was in a, evolving to What started for me into more like natural holistic health was me going through my own challenges. And at the same time, I've had different family members that have had different illnesses. Like I've had several family members that have cancer, um, that have high blood pressure, diabetes, and all these things. And then I started going through my own health challenges. Um, I have put on weight. A lot of people may find that hard to believe I'm so small, but I have put on weight and I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I lose this weight and how do I get healthy? And that's what started me into like researching like, oh, wait a minute, what's in this? And oh, wait, what am I eating? What am I putting on? You know, so that was what started it for me. And then as I learned so much information, I was like, oh my gosh, like, do people know about this? Like, I have Mm -hmm. to tell people about this. And then that's what started like the blog.
0: So I know you, you made some changes um, in terms of your health and your wellness. Mm-hmm. I know for a while you were also, and from time to time you still do it, you talk about things like skincare and makeup and different things like that. But I think you, all, you shifted even more in terms of the fibroids.
1: Yes, yeah. The fibroids is something more so recent. Um, it's still all ties in together, but I wanted to talk about my journey because Mm -hmm. you know as a black woman and we've talked about it as well because i know you had your own issues Mm -hmm. too um it's so prevalent amongst black women granted there are women of all races that get fibroids black women are the highest out of all races that have fibroids so i'm like it's not just me you know and i have women in my family that have had fibroids too um so I started to talk about that because I'm in the process of shrinking them naturally because I opted to not get surgery, not take the pills or, or any of that stuff because of the research that I had done previously about, like, holistic health and natural healing and stuff. I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. So let me talk about my fibroid journey, um, yeah. which just you know, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, it's not something that you want to, like... Wear a t shirt thing,
0: but but it's like what is this as a woman, I feel like, and I don't know where it comes from. we've been taught to be embarrassed about that part of our body, our cycle, even if you have like like you're on your cycle, you have to change, like you have to take a big old bag to to the, <laughs> to the restroom where you don't want anybody to see, or even if you're in a situation you don't want to say like,
1: oh right
0: no. like. <laughs> There's a whole shame about us talking about our bodies and talking Mm -hmm. about the natural part of our body that actually allows us to give life. Right. And we all, like all women go... And I discovered it when, like you said, I had my issues with fibroids mm-hmm. as well. When I didn't know what to do and I started asking women, they, they were like, oh, talk to that one, talk to this one. Mm. It was like a secret society of women <laughs> who'd been through this process and women that I was close to and I didn't mm-hmm. know, right? So let's go back because I feel like a lot of times people, I mean, I had mine removed surgically. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the right. size so. of a nickel. But it was wreaking havoc on my life, mm. um, and it was a non invasive procedure, so there was, it was a, so it was outpatient and then I've heard people talk about having something the size of a grapefruit removed or mm-hmm. something the size of a baby removed um and so my question is always like. There had to have been indications before it got to that size, right? So yeah. you're in and we are not medical doctors. No, no. And Disclaimer. i always always that in
1: my videos and everything. Yeah. I'm not a medical professional. We are not medical
0: professionals. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about our experiences. Um and so what was your first indication that something was up? Um
1: and I want to say this, like a lot of the things that we suffer through, we think is normal and it's not. And I'm basing this not a, because I have a medical degree, but because of the research that I've done, um, heavy bleeding, severe cramps, bloating, those are not normal symptoms. And I had to talk with my gynecologist. Well, they weren't a few normal of them. to you. No, she was saying it's it's not supposed to be like periods are not supposed to be painful because the gynecologist that I see now she she has an MD obviously but she also is into holistic health and she was just saying that she it's not supposed to be like how do I say it? it's not unno not unnoticeable that you have your period but severe cramping and bloating and all that stuff, she was saying, no, it's, it's not Mm. normal. So for me, you know, it was, was heavy cramping. It was, you know, heavy bleeding. It was like, and we're getting real here. Yeah. My, my breasts were painful and sore and they were like swollen. Like I'm talking about going up a cup size during that time. And I'm like, -hmm. That's that's not normal, you know, and other things like hormonal acne, like all this other stuff. Um, and then my cycle started to be off, you know, like it was just. And I always had like normal cycles, you know, like every month, like clockwork, my cycle was coming, and then it started to kind of be like off. So I'm like, all right, let let me go see what's going on, and because I know so many women that do have fibroids, um. I decided to just get a sonogram because this is what a lot of women don't know. They feel like, and I've had a lot of women DM me and tell me this, they felt like a sonogram would be enough. And I think Mm -hmm. that there are more women that are suffering from fibroids than know it because they haven't had a sonogram. Because depending upon where the fibroid is, your doctor may not be able to feel it during a regular pap smear. And a regular pap smear, that's just really for ovarian cancer or, you know, uterine cancer. That's what they swab, you know? Mm -hmm. We're getting real here. That's what they swab. Mm -hmm. They're not really, you know, or obviously STDs and all that stuff, you know, if you're sexually active. But they're not going to tell you. And they may not, again, they may not be able to feel it. A sonogram is really one of the only ways that you could see it because, you know, it's going inside of you and they can see it on the screen that that's what's going on. So I had to go in and get a sonogram and that's when they confirmed for me yeah, this is what it is. But for me, it was those symptoms, like I said. And I was also, oh, I forgot, I was also getting frequent um, UTIs, mm-hmm. like frequent UTIs. And I'm like, and I never had an issue with this. And originally my doctors were like, oh, well, you know, just tell me, like, well, white front to back. And, and I'm like, I haven't had, I've never had a UTI before. So, so a
0: couple of things, right? So a, cou- a couple of things. <laughs> I think for me, um, it was that it became painful. It had not been extremely painful. Um, they mm-hmm. were Mine were relatively short and light. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it was excruciating pain. No painkiller could help. Um, mm. It lasted very long. It was extremely heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Oh, Lord. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's another one, too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we're going through pads, like several pads. Right, and yeah. so...
0: My thing was like, at first I was like, okay, well, this is, I guess this is what everybody else has been experiencing all these years. Mm. But then, you know, it started disrupting my quality of life, right? Because then it dictated when I would work out, if I could work out, if I went somewhere, how long I stayed, um, I had those big old hospital ones. Wow. (laughs) And it still wasn't
1: (laughs) adequate. Like the industrial side. Yes. Like wow.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if something is disrupting my quality of life, I need to check it out. Um Mm -hmm. and the first doctor that I went to did not take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been Uh, to that too. And what's interesting about that is that she was a black woman. Wow. Um, and so a lot of us have been intentional about selecting a clinicians that are black um, because of what we experience in terms of Mm -hmm. people not taking us seriously, not understanding our pain, not checking for all the extra stuff that you're talking about. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of women are going to clinicians, be they black or white or whatever, and they're being dismissed Mm -hmm. as, well, this is normal. Right. Right. So even with them questioning, you know, the way that you're wiping, um, (laughs) girl
1: I'm like listen I know how to wipe myself like never had a problem in my life that's not the issue right (laughs) like that's not why I'm getting frequent UTIs it's not you know I'm not on any medication you know and I'm like no something's going on and I didn't know that the fibroid can press on your bladder and that's what it was doing. It was pressing on my bladder and that's why I was getting the UTIs. But you're right, like a lot of these doctors, they will either brush it off. Girl, I've had one tell me that like the only thing that they could do is give me a hysterectomy and Why I remember
0: you? when you told me that and I was like girl no like I had my procedure and I went out two days later I'm like I, a hysterectomy. honestly I left the house the next day because I was like I can't do this wow <laughs> and, I, and I went and got a pedicure the next day mm. um but like I went in the morning they took care of it I woke up and I went home. So when you told wow. me that, I was like, "This is crazy." But let me tell you about the sonogram. Because mm-hmm. I always say it was, it was the second sonogram that I went for. And the mm-hmm. other thing with this doctor was she gave me somebody else's test results. What? At one point, yeah. Um. <laughs> so it's a whole long story, but not today. Wow. Um, When you go for the sonogram, when they do um, just sort of like the one on the outside, your bladder has Mm -hmm. to be yes yep you have done that girl and the first time I went my bladder wasn't fully done so they sent me back out to the waiting room they were like drink eight how many ever cups of water Mm -hmm. (laughs) and And I hate being in doctor's offices me too Um, I just think of so many germs there (laughs) and so the next time I was like all right I got y'all I'm gonna drink all this water on my drive so by the Mm -hmm. time I get there I'm gonna be girl I got there I was doing the pee-pee dance (laughs) Yeah, The lady was like, are you going to be okay? I was like, yeah, because it's real short. it be fine. Homegirl is pressing and pressing. I was mm-hmm. like, no. She was like, okay. <laughs> she goes, she go to the bathroom, but she can only let out a little bit. <laughs> I said, when I tell you it is the hardest thing I have ever done yeah. in my life, because yeah. it's one of those, I try and call that water. You just want to go to the bathroom and just you release it. <laughs> And I couldn't. I just had to let out a little bit <laughs> and go back <laughs> and do that shit. In. Girl, I was like, this, I've never done anything this hard <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: those sonograms, is is no joke. It is no joke, you know? And they, like, twisting and turning that-, that On a everything. full bladder. <laughs> On a
0: full bladder.
1: Yeah, they did it twice, man. It was like, we need you to fill up your bladder, come with your bladder full- then release on that, and
0: we're going to do it again. Right. Girl, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I was happy to be able to talk to you about it at the point that I did, because I felt mm-hmm. like um, we both had a lot of questions. I mean, I'd already taken got in mind taken care of, but mm-hmm. I was happy to be able to talk to you about it, because I remember when I was going through it, and- It just, it threw me off in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was not okay to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another reason why I'm like, okay, let me talk about it, you know? And like people, I don't know. It's just like you said, like, it's just, just shame around it. And then for a while I felt, because I had been like, you know, on my holistic health journey. And for a while I felt like, what am I doing wrong What did I do to Mm. cause this? And I felt shame and embarrassed about that. And at first, I didn't want to talk about it because I was just like, well, what are people going to think? I'm supposed to be, you know, this quote unquote healthy person, but here I am with fibroids, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with that. I'm like, wow. Because girl, I was just researching everything like... How does this happen? Where does this come from? Why do we, you know? Like, I wanted to know every single thing because I'm like, no, you got to tell me why. And um, one of the reasons why I had opted to not get surgery and see if I could shrink it naturally is because, um, and not to scare you or anybody else, but it can come back. Mm-hmm. And there are women that have you know, went and had surgeries done. And then years later, their fibroids have come back. So that scared me because I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, what if I do that? And then they do come back. That's why yeah. I was like, Okay, I got to figure out how did how did I get this? Where did this come from? What yeah. am I doing? And what can I stop doing? You know
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when um, we all were kind of going through it and thinking about it, um, a friend of mine, told me that that happened to her she'd had them removed and they came back so then the second time around she was trying to treat it with sort of like the way you are my trainer at the time his girlfriend was a medical doctor but she she kind of is like in the same vein as your ob-gyn where she believes like you know in more than just um Mm -hmm. medicine and she was like look your hormones are out of whack right now that's why all these things are happening the choice is yours but I would say, she said, you can go ahead and get it removed. Because again, mine wasn't, I didn't have to do major recuperation. Nobody told mm-hmm. me I had to have a hysterectomy. Um, actually found an awesome doctor who sort of took me through it and and was amazing. And But this woman was like, Siobhan, she was like, go ahead and remove it so you can just get back to... Um, your life baseline in terms mm-hmm. of your hormones, but going forward, you need to think about your diet.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad we're, we're talking about this because I feel like women need to be educated as far as what their options are. Because exactly. when I first went through it, it was just, you know, like hysterectomy. Like, I didn't know
0: what the options were. When you told me were. that, I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> I'm because I think the you. other thing that this does, and I was actually talking to a male friend about this, because um, he was telling me about his girlfriend, and what this does is not just what's taking place with you physically, but if you're a woman who you haven't had kids yet, or mm-hmm. or even if you've had kids yet and you're you you were thinking about having more or not or what, like it makes you think about all of those things. Yeah. In addition to what's taking place with you physically. Mhm, hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It does. It does. And that's why I feel like it needs to be more of a conversation around it. And ultimately, you know, every woman's situation is different. You know, like you said, some women have it the size of a teeny tiny coin. Others have it like almost big as a, a, a full grown baby, you know, but I feel like it's important for us to first educate ourselves as to where they come from, why Mm -hmm. we're getting them, Mm -hmm. what the treatment options are, whether that be medically, holistically, whatever. And then you making the decision that's best for you and for your family, because everybody is different. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because I'm like, okay, there, there, people have to see that there's another way out there. And Mm -hmm. the things that I have been doing centered around my diet, um, has been helping. They've helped to subside my symptoms. I no longer have the heavy cramping, the heavy bleeding and all of that stuff. Um, and then also the, I think you had just talked about this briefly, the emotional side of it. You know, the emotional side of it is connected too. It's so, it's so intricate. And again, for every woman, it's different. So, as you know, your, you, as you as gotta you yourself. yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what, what did you find in terms of causes for you that then informed the decisions you made?
1: Um, well, the emotional part was the, the big, 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 huge part of it. Um, and, like I think you said, a doctor friend of yours was talking about the hormones. The hormones, your stress plays a huge role in your hormones as well as diet. So, for me, it was learning how to manage stress, um, healing emotionally, um, even forgiveness um and the diet as well there were certain foods even though I'm like a plant-based eater I didn't know there were still certain foods that are more estrogenic
0: I remember and you until... and the potatoes
1: yes I remember yes, the
0: conversation because yes. I think you either I had some fries or you wanted some fries and you're like I can't have potatoes
1: yes it's the fries so the fries like you know Chickpea like there's so many different things and I talk about it um on my blog on my YouTube channel. No potatoes, um, no starchy, like wait, let me move this over. Okay. No starchy things like no potatoes or service, even sweet potatoes, none of that stuff. Um, chickpeas, like there's a whole list of things that um can be very estrogenic form in which Normally it's okay, but like you know, you had said earlier, for women with fibroids, the reason why you have them is because your body has too much estrogen. It's the same thing with other female health reproductive issues, even breasts, like if you get lumps in the breasts, you have too much estrogen. So what I've learned was and what seems to be working for me is reducing the amount of estrogen that I have and helping my body to naturally balance the hormones thereby Mm -hmm. shrinking the fibroid so
0: what are you eating what do you eat for (laughs) breakfast you know what
1: i mean and if you follow me on instagram you'll see like i don't share it every single day but i do try to share like what i eat on a regular basis i drink smoothies every single day either a juice or a smoothie i just got a new juicer um I drink those every, like, every single day. So that's something, like, what I would do for, like, breakfast or how I start my day off with. Um, Oats are not good either if you're trying to shrink your fibroids naturally because oats are very estrogen dominant. Um, So I will have, I'll make, like, chia seed pudding. Um, Sometimes I'll have quinoa. You can make quinoa so versatile, and it's good because it has so much protein in it. And depending on how you make it, like if I make it with like coconut milk or some sort of nut milk and add like fruits or something in it, that could be like a breakfast, almost like a porridge, you know, a mm-hmm. porridge or oatmeal, um, which is a healthier option. So it just depends, you know, or sometimes I have fruit. Like this morning, I really wasn't hungry. So I just had like a smoothie and um, some nuts and fruit. Mm-hmm. Like some people you know, that watch my video, especially the one, I have a video talking about um, like foods that I'm avoiding to shrink my fibroids. And I get a lot of comments on that video. People be like, okay, so what what do you actually eat? And I'm like, there's
0: still a lot of food. Like Like, what?
1: "What?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just told us you eat nuts, twigs, and berries. I have a friend that says that to me because I I I eat kind of plant based, but I still eat fish and some other things. Yeah. Um, but people I think that. that I'm vegan. So they're like, you eat twigs and berries. I'm <laughs> like, there's so much. Like there's so many fruits. Like
1: pretty much most fruits and vegetables, you know, I eat. You know, you gotta be kind of like you know, creative was as far as like meat replacements mm-hmm. um, like today. And I'll probably share this later on my Instagram. I make crab cakes, vegan crab cake. And I use um, oyster mushrooms instead of for the, the crab meat. Mm-hmm. And instead of like flour, cause flour is also not good. I use almond meal. So I make my own almond milk and the remains from the almonds after you make, I don't know if you ever made homemade almond Mm-mm.
0: milk. I, I go to the store. Stop that too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you need like for like this much almond milk? Don't you need like a hundred almonds? No. Okay. Like you only need like a cup or two cups of like. What um, about oat milk? I re- I discovered oat milk. No. Raiser. No. Oh my god, it was no, so good. Sweetie, okay. Oats. Okay. Period.
1: Oat milk. I love oatmeal. oats. I know, but I mean, well, your your fibers are gone, and they they haven't grown back. You know, as far as you know, right?
0: Yeah, So you should
1: be okay. Um, Another thing I want to do, and I haven't done this, but I'm going to recommend it to to women, is to check your hormones levels. Mm -hmm. Um, Once this whole corona situation is over, I'm going to see if I can get a blood test to check my hormone levels because that's one of the good ways to see how much estrogen you have, Mm. how much testosterone you have. And that'll kind of help you figure out, what you can and, and cannot eat, you know what I mean? So if your estrogen is high, then you already know I probably should be eating oat milk and, you know, yeah. all those other things.
0: I'm glad you're talking about um, meat replacement because I think one common misconception is um, people utilize a lot of soy products mm-hmm.
1: to replace. Yeah, girl, that's what I said. If you don't avoid nothing else, avoid soy at all costs even soy milk and soy is very tricky because it's hidden in a lot of things and if you don't read that label you could be eating it and not even realizing you know mm. even like pasta sauce there's certain pasta sauce salad dressings have soybean oil it's all the same avoid it so do you have a cheat um, I have I'm not gonna lie, be like you know because you know I travel a lot, so sometimes it's like eating something or stop. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm, I gotta, mm-hmm. eat, you know what I mean. So I'm not gonna say I have habit. It's just it depends. You know, like I have, like for example, I went to Tokyo last year. I know I had soy because we're in Japan, Asia is just like mm-hmm. it's very difficult to avoid soy, so. I'm pretty sure that I did have some soy while I was in Japan because it's ages hard to avoid soy. They have soy in everything, even if they don't say it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, that would be about the extent of it. I might've had like some potato chips throughout the course, but I try not to go crazy with it. Cause the funny thing is my body will tell on itself. Like, I can see an immediate difference if I do eat something that I'm not supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, either, yeah, like something, my body will tell me something either to break out or the next cycle I'll have, I'll have cramps and I didn't have any with the last month, you know, like something. That's what tells me I'm doing something right with this diet because the symptoms have already changed. So I'm like, something has to be going right with this.
0: Mm-hmm. And just yeah. to be clear, like you didn't just do this on your own. Again, we're not medical professionals. No. saying What took place for us? But you also were very intentional about seeking medical advice on this journey. And you found and the other part of it, is you found someone who was in line that you were compatible with in terms of the treatments that would work best for you. And I think that's really important as well.
1: It is. It totally is. And sometimes, you know, it might take you a few professionals until you find someone that you're comfortable with, you know, and I I highly recommend that. My doctor, my gynecologist, she's great. She doesn't feel that I need surgery. And she actually recommended me to a few resources because it's funny, her, the guy that used to be her gynecologist is now teaching other women about healing fibroids naturally. Mm. So she actually recommended me to look into some of the stuff that he's doing because she was just like, I'm not as well versed as he is, but he used to be my gynecologist. And now he's like completely into talking about healing fibroids naturally. So recommend that. By the way, this is not the same lady that told me to get a hysterectomy. Right, Right. yeah. And that's why I like that you
0: said that it takes a couple of tries. And I know going to the doctor's office is incredibly frustrating. You sit there for a really long time, but this is your body. And you have to be, like, you have to advocate for yourself. Like I said, that woman that I was going to, her first solution to me was birth control. Um, Yeah. And she also gave me... And I'm like, I'm already trying not to like blow up over here like Girl, <laughs> that's how I blew
1: up when um when I got off the birth control. Cause I had been on it for years because doctors and it wasn't even for fibroids, it was like for, It's been um,
0: recommended to me for migraines.
1: Girl, it's been recommended to me for my skin. Like I was dealing with hormonal breakouts. I didn't know that it was connected because these do- they don't a lot of these doctors don't connect the dots. Right. So it's just like, you know, here, take this pill and take this pill. Mind you, this pill might cause something else, but we'll worry about that later.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I think that was her first solution. Then I asked her not to communicate with me via email about my results. She continued Mm. to do that, sent me the wrong results. And then when the second, no, when the second results came back, girl, when the second results came back, she was like, you need to take care of this in surgery. Mm. No, that's not something that you tell somebody about their body (laughs) via email. Wow. So then when I went in and she's reading back, so I'd already spoken to my trainer's girlfriend and she actually Mm -hmm. had interpreted the results for me. Um, It was like, something's off with this lady. And someone had recommended her to me. I was like, she's great. I love her. And so I went back into her and she's reading the results. I'm like, that's not what she sent me. And she's like, mm-hmm. yes, it is. That's your results. And then I pulled out the email and I showed it to her. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, and again, if you don't advocate for yourself, if you don't have yeah. questions. And so at that point, she was like, she said something like, oh, well, when do you want to schedule? I was like, I'll think about it and get back to you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's that in me to be like, <laughs> you're horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm never coming back in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'll think about it. And I never came back. And yeah. I spoke to someone at church. And I think I spoke to Vanessa about it. Um mm-hmm. and so she she pointed me in a direction with someone at church who had the similar issue. Mm-hmm. And then I spoke to someone at work and they actually recommended the same doctor to me. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, this is good. And she and she mm-hmm. was really good. And so even as, like, I'm thinking about it and talking about it, like, yeah, advocate for yourself. Try out different people, even though I know it's difficult, but you can't just let people do whatever they want to. Just yeah, you be have a to. doctor.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, like I said before, educate yourself, because I think it's important to ask the right questions, too. Because if you're not familiar with any of this, you may not even know what to ask, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these doctors, and I'm not—I hate to sound like I'm bashing the medical community, um but a lot of them, they just, you know, here do this and do this, you know. But it's like, well, wait a minute—if I do X, Y, Z, what's gonna happen after the fact? What's the recovery like? Am I, you know what I mean? Like, we gotta ask those questions. You have to ask questions. Advocate for yourself, you know, because they're not gonna do it because they got a bunch of other patients they have to worry about. So.
0: Yeah. And one thing I would say, I feel like a lot of times when you go to the doctor, they ask you so many questions that you feel like you should have the answers to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay if you don't have the answer and it's okay. Like a doctor should never and would never, I hope not, expect you to know everything. So it's your job to ask questions of them because they're supposed to have the answers. So ask questions.
1: Right. Yep. For sure. For sure.
0: So I know we've been talking about those. So what are you going to eat for dinner? <laughs> I'm crab cakes. So <laughs> you make crab cakes. And then obviously you're doing veggies. You do, you do yeah, a lot well, of greens.
1: Yeah, I do. I eat a lot of greens. Like if you look at my fridge and my counter, it's just a lot of kale, a lot of like. Is Like, I eat that a lot, whether it's juicing it, smoothies, salads, sauteing it. I try not to... I wouldn't class myself as a a raw vegan, but I try to eat as less cooked foods as possible. So, if I do eat cooked meals, it's probably, like, once a day, no more than twice. Again, this is when I'm at home. When I'm traveling, that's a little bit harder to do, but since we've been home, that's what I've
0: been doing. So, I know you also have a cookbook out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> Tell Making us about the smoothies. Yes. So I do, I drink smoothies and juices every single morning. Um, and most times I do share them on Instagram. And I would get a lot of people asking me questions about it, especially when I got my new juicer and I was showing all the juices and stuff that I can make. A lot of people were asking me, you know, different questions about what I use and this and that. So I was like, let me put something together. And that was just like, okay, just share with people what you make. And I was like, okay, let me just share with people what I make. So, yeah, it's called uh, Drink Yourself Beautiful. It's a guide to drinking juices and smoothies. It's not just for women with fibroids. It's for anybody that's, you know trying to eat healthy and trying to start off slow. So it's like, it's nothing that's too crazy. You don't have to go out and buy like some big pieces of equipment. And I'll talk about that in the in the book. Um, you could use whatever you have. There's, there's staffs up at Target that you can get, you know, whatever works.
0: And where can we find it? You can find it on my website, com, Or if
1: you go on my Instagram, it's in the link in my bio that'll take you directly there.
0: And on Instagram, you're Karen Coleman.
1: Yes, I'm Karen. I have to Karen get it. There.
0: <laughs> I have an image. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yeah, I have to get it because I, I think um, it's important to be sort of vigilant about about what we're putting into our bodies. Um, yeah. And it's easy, you know. A lot of people try to
1: make the whole. It
0: sounds hard. Thing I gotta be honest. Right. With you. It sounds hard. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's
1: so easy and start off small that's why i said like don't
0: feel the need to go and so go don't replace in. don't re- don't all of a sudden replace a whole day of meals start out with one thing at a time
1: right drink one
0: smoothie a day drink we can that do that to
1: breakfast yeah we can do that something.
0: i had a smoothie today there you go what was in it um almond milk mm-hmm. um sea moss Oh yes, you else is good? Um, kale, banana, um, flaxseed, um, and uh, peanut butter. Mm, nice. Okay. And I put in a piece of turmeric.
1: Okay. Yeah, turmeric is really good
0: oh, too. I did put some oats in there. Cause
1: <laughs> That's okay. I mean, flax seeds aren't good either. Um, oh, flax, flax seeds flax- are not good either. No, not if you're trying to balance your hormones. Again, and I'm not a doctor. What about... Oh, but
0: well you said chia seeds are fine. Yes, I do. Okay. I use that instead of flaxseed. Because that's like my go-to smoothie. So I can replace my flaxseed with my chia seeds.
1: Yeah. And again, like, I'm not doing this, like, for life. This is until I get my hormones balanced and at a normal level and of my fibroids are gone, you know? now like I'm going crazy and eat fried chicken and all kind of stuff. But... Yeah. You know, I won't have to be as strict with my diet, but if you're trying to, like, heal from female reproductive issues, you got to kind of, you know, be a little yeah. bit more
0: strict. I think for me, I kind of think about some of the easy switches that I can make that are not going to. Like, if you ask me to stop eating cheese, like. Girl, you know they have plant-based cheeses, though. it they don't taste the That's same, Karen. Karen's Which ones plant-based. are you using, though? Well, you got to have to tell me. there's just so many girl that mm -mm. okay no and the reason why I say cheese is because I like pizza so it's not like I'm just sitting here eating a lot of like just eating a lot of cheese but I like a pizza or some pizza every once in a while I got you um so it's not like yeah I put cheese on everything that's like my last holdout of of things that I eat Um, okay and I have to be careful with it with my migraines. So I've treated my migraines through um, my diet. So wow, I, yeah. I was on a prescription for that, and I've not mm-hmm. about ten years now, actually. Now that I've wow, been. good for you! Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I'm telling you, like,
1: examia. A lot of people they don't like doing it, and they. But I'm like, it works for so many things. So many things it does. Yeah, so even I you know, and it's okay, like to occasionally. You know, have something, but there's a lot of stuff that we eat like on a every single day basis.
0: That and those are the things. Like, I'm like, okay, I could easily like I could do without the flaxseed. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting my omega three regardless. I do do a supplement for that, but like it's fine. Like I can. That's easy. That's not. I'm not gonna feel like I'm missing anything from my smoothie. If I right, and I feel like that's where people should start. If there are little things that you won't feel like you're missing. That's the easiest way to get going.
1: Right. And then again, if you don't have an issue with your hormones being out of whack, you can have flax seeds. You know, I'm not saying flax seeds are bad. They, they are healthy and they're beneficial. But like I said, if you have issues, you know, with your hormones and you have female reproductive health issues, it might be something
0: you want to look at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for dropping all that knowledge. I hope you shared everything that you wanted to share. I did.
1: I did. This is a good conversation.
0: Awesome. I'm excited to share the conversation. Um,
1: So put down the shame of this stuff, you know?
0: It's our bodies, and if if you like any part of our bodies, you're going to have to accept all of it. (laughs) Yeah, right. right? (laughs) This, This is what it is. Uh, but this is what allows us to give life. Um, yeah, you go.
1: Quite there frankly, go. because
0: I've had girlfriends too. They've had major procedures, but honestly, oh. the fibroids were getting in the way of them having children.
1: Yeah, I've heard that too. Because I a think, lot. yeah. I- yeah. I have women that reach out to me because they've seen my videos and they, they had they're having problems, you know. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I said every woman is different and it depends on the size of like the size of your fiber and yes. where it's located too. There's some women where it's like literally inside the uterus. Mine is on the lining of my uterus. So for me, it wouldn't affect my fertility, because it's not inside of my uterus, and I think that's another, another nugget for you guys, your research about it, but yeah, depending upon where the fibroid is on your uterus or inside of your uterus, it can affect a lot of different things.
0: Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm at it too is that he, women have fibroids, and it doesn't affect them. Yep, right? Because um, I think
1: I've had it longer than I
0: realized. Right, you know? Right. And I think about the sizes that people tell me they are. I'm like, they've been there. That means they've been there for a while, sis. So Mm -hmm. when you notice something is off about your body or it's doing something different, check it out right Right. away. Right.
1: Right. And like you said, we don't like going to the doctor. Nobody does. And I think that's why people keep putting it off and putting it off, you know, and that's what happens. You put it off for so long and then it's like this massive problem where... It's not much the doctors can can do to, and that's with anything, really. Like, if you put Mm -hmm. something off long enough, you know, it makes your
0: options for recovery very limited. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So check out Karen at Karen Coleman on um, social media. Get that smoothie book. I'm going to get mine. (laughs) Yes, order yours. (laughs) Um, Smoothies definitely are so easy for breakfast. And, you know, stay healthy and ask the right questions.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And know whatever you decide to do is, health is possible, regardless of how you go about it. It's it's possible.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing.
1: You're welcome. welcome. Thank you for having
0: me. Y'all, I have a confession to make. I forgot to do a lightning round for this episode. So in place of the lightning round, you'll hear a little bit about my trip to the dermatologist and how I handle having eczema. <laughs> I went to my dermatologist earlier today. I was surprised he was actually taking people. That's what you
1: are going to say. Wow.
0: But I have eczema. Oh um, how?
1: Where your skin my, is beautiful? It's, it's usually
0: like on my neck and on my joints. So I'll get it. You
1: do a good job because I'm like eczema. way. your got... skin is so like, girl, you like a fresh Hershey bar. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I always thought that about you. I was like, you has some good
0: skin. <laughs> Listen, got it from my mama, but also I I drink a lot of water, so mm. soda and juices have never been a struggle for me. But um. I finally, a couple years away. ago, found a, um, a black dermatologist, and he approached treating my eczema so different. Mm. Um, and so a lot of it is, you know, he told me today, he was so funny, me, my dermatologist's name is Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> MJ. So I'm like, look, Dr. Jackson, whatever. And he's like, you've been wearing perfume? I'm like, mmm. I was like, no. He's like, it looked like you went like this. And I was like, I don't go nowhere. Why am I going to dab perfume?
1: Right. You were but, to go. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Because he put me on a strict regimen with, mm-hmm. um, you know, like my laundry detergent. I don't. Yeah. I don't if I get fresh and, and I say fresh, like I'm feeling myself and I spray perfume, I will I will have a little outbreak. So you I. You know
1: what I recently learned? That's a catch up. You reminded me Um. I have a mild case of eczema, and you just reminded me, because the whole fragrance and stuff, I didn't realize there was a connection, and I'm thinking something was acne, and my doctor was like, this is a rash.
0: (laughs) Sensima, yeah, and so, like, you know, my body wash, Mm -hmm. everything, like, I never have on perfume. I never wear any perfume or spritz for that reason. Right. Um, Right. I'm like, if you smell, if you smell anything, it's either my body butter or my hair. The thing with him, like, I just wait so long for him. So I thought I was going to be late for this. Like, at one point I got up, I was like, I'm about to leave. (laughs) And that's when he was like, I was just coming to you, my dear. I'm like, I gotta go. Can we? (laughs) But we have a good, we have a good little relationship, you know, but. You know, I do have to wait a long time for him. I think he moves a little bit slower, but he's very intentional about how he treats the issue. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I stick with him.
1: Finding the right doctor, like we were talking about, is so important. It's so Mm -hmm. important for whatever doctor it is, like... You need somebody that's going to actually hear you, hear your concerns, your issues and yeah. spend time with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just write you a prescription and go on your way, you know, because some of them, they could have just written
0: you an a ointment. And, just a been lot, like, and a lot of them, he was the first black dermatologist I had. A lot of them were not black and they would give me a lot of ointments that had a lot of steroids in it. Mm-hmm. And that would lead to a lot of skin discoloration and a lot of it, other issues.
1: So what do you, I'm just curious, what do you use to wash your body since like fragrance?
0: My body, um, Dove. Okay. So it's like Dove unscented. Even though I feel like the one that I have now is scented. It's lightly scented. But Dove is, Dove is, Dove, Let me. they not sponsoring me. But <laughs> Dove, not in yet. terms of not fragrance, yet. in terms of fragrance, to me, it's one of those body products that doesn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. in it so the unscented or things like Cetaphil or oh yeah I've heard Mm -hmm. yeah um and then in terms of so interesting um you might have you've met Isis before she does divine sacred space and she does a lot of feminine products so I have a wash from her okay um that's unscented um and is you know more on the healthy side And then she has, like, the steams and all those different types of things. But for my body, I use, yeah. And honestly, the thing that's helped in terms of moisture is Vaseline on my body. Not my face, on my body. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Not my face, no. (laughs) Okay. My face is very sensitive.
1: Mine is, too. And I don't think I was, maybe I've always been like that, but I just didn't know. But, yeah, I have recently learned, like,
0: fragrance of any kind it's just like yeah
1: because there's
0: um my i use a serum and a moisturizer um, that's a little bit on the expensive side from sephora and Mm -hmm. it was running low during quarantine Uh (laughs) i was like i don't know if i'm gonna get it so i went to the store and i bought a cheap something Mm -hmm. my face was like what girl i had pimples Oh, yeah, you. I, girl, I never seen you with no
1: bumps. That's why I was like, what are you seeing a dermatologist? Occasionally,
0: like, you know, like you said, hormonally, when, you know,
1: in terms of
0: like around you, I might get a little, but I I was like, these are like teenage pimples. What is this? Right. Let me order this. Let me get, that's my investment. I'm cheap on everything else, but when it comes to my face, yeah, um, I'll spend the money. All right, girl. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thank you for joining us on another misadventure of an inspired woman. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Follow me on Instagram at dr underscore k-e-i-s-h-a. Check out my blog at www.drkeisha.nyc. I'm so glad you're a part of our community of goal getters. And if you were inspired or encouraged by anything you heard on this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Please share it with someone else. And as always, be intentional.